Konnichiwa, everybody. My name is Bird. Uh, we're currently down a couple players on account of some life circumstances. Life happens. So I will be the DM for this session. Uh, we are running 13 Yokai Gaiden. This is a side story set in an alternate timeline from the main part of the series. Uh, our cast today is Masahara, being played by Mitch, and Surak, being played by myself. Uh, more or less as an NPC. So, without further ado, let's get into the episode. I would like to welcome you to the province of Adore. This mountainous archipelago was once the jewel of Tetra's east, but an arrogant human daimyo waged war against the very spirits that blessed the forests and mountains and rivers, shattering the land and setting it adrift. Far to the north edge of this chain of islands is said to be the first place the god of creation, Kami, set foot in the material world. A temple was erected to sanctify this blessed ground, and in time the spirits and the living came to an understanding, one which became the founding of the city of Kamitokai. Lacquered wood arches form the spans of Tori gates that straddle the snaking paved road through the city center, each marking a fabled footstep of Kami. The temple of the blessed path at the top of the mountain is visible from even the front gate of the city, Kamitokai zigzagging streets stretching up the mountain to the temple's front steps. Tonight, Kamitokai is empty and cold. The lanterns that hang from front doorsteps and posts on the street are shuttered. The windows are dark. No one walks the streets. There is no bustle of conversation. There is only the wind and rain of the coming typhoon and the echo of thunder in the distance. The city was evacuated hours ago, with the warning that the Order of the Royal Cross had put the city in their sights. Their skyships loom over the Temple of the Blessed Path, anchors fired into the granite of the mountain, silhouetted in the flashes of lightning from the distant clouds. The Order's soldiers stand watch on the decks, waiting. For what? You're not sure. You can see in the stark white light, every time the lightning streaks towards the earth, that there are glints of armor and weapons on the temple steps, intrusions on a place of peace. The rain rattles through the leaves, onto your shoulders. The first gate of the city stands before you. Mitch, if you would describe your character, please. Uh, Alright, so uh, Masa is a um, younger-looking guy. Uh, he has uh, brown, slicked-back hair. Um, wearing right now is he's wearing um, some ador... It's not really adoring. It's our gothy and um, style uh, general-like coat. Um, with a large um, belt that has um, a couple like odds and ends trinkets hanging off of it. Um, his skull or his color scheme is like a black and gold. Um, he has uh, two swords attached to his hip. Um, one is a katana, and the other one is a um, English-looking short sword. Um, the katana has a white handle. Um, and probably from the looks of it, maybe black all the way through, just from the accents to the blade. Um, and the short sword having, like, a, uh, crimson red handle, and the rest of it, the standard steel-looking color. Um, he's walking around with a certain, um, edginess a little bit to him. Um, he's, you know, it's been a while since he's been home. Um, he's been mainly living his life in Argoth, and he's yeah currently re-seeing everything again. So he's a little on edge. 
Um, and yeah, and he has his uh, right hand sitting on the katana as he's walking, uh, seemingly just taking everything in. Surak stands beside you. They are uh, much different in appearance than uh, Masa, mostly wearing plain brown leather. Um, their scarred arms hide beneath the edges of a slicked burlap cloak. Um, hanging on either side of their legs are a pair of forward bent uh, blades, which they have come to call the Beast Cutters. Um, their eyes are almost canine in appearance, um, amber and vertically slitted. Uh, their hair, their, their long white hair tumbles down beneath the cloak, and their pale, almost uh, ivory skin almost glows in the, uh, in the dark when light does come through. Um, they are pulled low and uh, currently sort of shadowing you. And not, not standing close, but standing close enough to be at your aid in a moment. Uh, and you can hear their voice in a low corner of your mind through the linked earrings the two of you wear. Are you sure that you want to be here? This is uh, a homecoming for you, friend, is it not? Um, yes, it sort of is. But I need to do this. It's, it's, it's needed. It's been some time. And, you know, this is the only place that the cross aren't known to show up. So, it's better this way. I think uh, we may have arrived late to the party on that one. And they raise one, uh, one sinewy arm and point towards the skyships. Go ahead and roll me a perception check. Alright. Perception's not that great. Uh, it's a six. Six in total. Six total. Um, the rain makes it hard to see. You kind of raise your head to look towards the ships, but all you can make out is a, is a loose distance. Um, you do know the Order has been making moves in this area, uh, and someone you passed on the road here mentioned something to the effect of um, them looking for something in this particular region, near this particular mountain. Uh, but it is more of a side effect to what you're currently hunting. Um, at, even at a six, I'm going to say this isn't something you would need a perception check for. Um, the city is empty. Just com almost completely deserted. Something doesn't seem right. And uh, even in the even in the dark of, of night like this, even even at midnight, there's usually someone. The lanterns are lit. Something. And this city has never been one to shy in the face of a typhoon. Mm. Yep. So you're, you're currently standing at the first gate to enter Kamitokai. Uh, the gate is um, open. It's, it's not like a physical gate, it's a tori gate. It's an archway. Okay, um, he's gonna uh, go forward. 
Um, the mud makes it hard to, to see, but you can see you can see uh, grooves the grooves of carts being pulled uh, in the mud. Mm. Um, hmm. He's gonna go forward, uh, entering the city. Uh, Surak follows fairly close behind, um, staying low, eyes on the horizon, um, keeping a, keeping a close watch. Um, what is going through your head, Asa, as you as you think about what you've come here to do? Who you he, know you're tracking? He, first thing that comes through his mind is remembering the last time he was here. Um, you know, saying goodbye to his family and saying that, you know, he was going to go make a difference in the world. And now he's doing this. He's trying to find a way out of what's going on in life. And he thinks that this job is the first step towards a new life for himself. So he's he's heavily focused on finding their target and hopefully, you know, getting one step closer to the freedom that he's been craving for so long. Uh, is there something on the mind, Masa? You've seen trouble. It's just, like I said, the last time I was here, it was it was a lot more better times. You know, the order wasn't in the back of my head. Uh, wasn't always looking over my shoulder every five minutes. And now it's just, it just feels bittersweet coming back home and still having this cloud over my head. I, it's just, it, the order was a nasty thing. And I just want my freedom, you know? So hopefully this this is the way to do it. Uh, one moment. Uh, Surak has, like, passes around you, which is not usual, but it you think it means they've caught a scent. At a 24 total um, on a survival check, the trail picks up here. Uh, although I think the ship's are enough of an indicator of that. Mm -hmm. um, is there any place in particular you're looking for as Surak begins to go... He begins to follow the, the road? He's going to look for the last known location of what they were looking for um, from the information that they were given. So he's currently looking for the the last spot to search for this person and starting from there, maybe finding clues or something. Okay. Um, go ahead and roll me, uh, or go ahead and roll me an oh, investigation. Great. I have check a plus four to this. This can't go wrong. Uh, 16. <laughs> 16 at a 16. Um, you figure that, you know, Surak to be a competent tracker. Um, they are, picking up on a scent. Um, and they appear to be not quite deadheading, but following the same the same route. 
um, as as your current quarry. Um, why don't we go ahead and explain what your relation to Mana is? Um, so Masa has had issues with Mana in the past. Mana is one of the. He was told to be one of the newer order members and during his time uh, Masa and Mana would do certain jobs together and the way that Mana handled himself it really threw Masa off for someone who claims to be a paladin so during one of their breaks um, he remembers coming home and finding Mana uh, standing over the uh, body of his wife and has had a grudge towards Mana ever since. And when he went to the Order about it, um, they said that there was no proof and that, you know, he's just jealous of how far Mana got and this is what drove Masa to basically leaving because when Mana took over the order, he beca it became more of a, we're going to kill everyone who's an enemy and not, you know, killing the, the bad in the world. So Masa mainly left because of that and has had a hatred for the order and for Mana as well. Um... As the two of you uh, begin to track, go ahead and roll me another perception check. I'm going to say at disadvantage on account of the weather. All right. So uh, first was a 16, which would have been a it is, it is 17. Thundering and storming. And then 11 for the second time. So 11. Okay total of 11. Uh, let's go ahead and run this thing real quick. Oh. Okay. Uh, you don't feel anything wrong. Or you don't see anything wrong, I should say. And Surak is currently occupied, but somewhere in a distant corner of your brain, a chill runs down your spine like someone had just walked on your grave. Hmm. Okay. So, are there any particular things in Kamitokai that you're looking for while you're making your way up to the Temple of the, of the Blessed Path? He, since he's been hearing of some of the, the order showing up, he's just seeing if there's any signs in the city that the order has been here. And maybe that's why everyone's missing. So, yeah, his main goal is to see where, it, like I said, if there is any um, uh, signs of the cross here in the area. Um, I'm going to say investigation on this one. All right. Because you're, you're, you're coming closer to the peak. You're not quite there yet. But you're... Oh, my God. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. 
in a flash of lightning that catches even Sodok's attention, you see the banners of the Order of the Royal Cross streaming from the tops of the masts of the skyships anchored to the temple. They are here. And the moment Masa sees this, he raises his hand, and as he does, um, the katana attached to his hip floats into his hand, and he slowly pulls out the short sword, and he starts walking to the um, to the temple. And as he is, his shadow that's for, uh, right behind him slowly peels off of the the ground and slowly envelops him making like a um a samurai's like scaled plated looking armor um out of pure darkness and there seems to be a little bit of a uh, a mist coming off of it like a dark black mist um and he just begins menacingly walking towards the temple both blades drawn ready to um Bring an end to everyone. Uh, you are keeping pace with Sorak now, who is um, in that same sort of mindset. Um, you see them stoop in a way that is familiar to you, uh, and they reach down and draw the twin beast cutters from their hips and keep them tucked underneath the cloak. So, uh... Alright, so just... I think that... I think, let uh, you know that... We have a problem. I saw hmm. they are here, which means we're at least in the right place. That That is true. And if we're in the right place, that means one thing. It's time to go pay a visit to the temple. What do you say? I think that sounds like a plan. The two of you... He looks at him, and, like, a, a smirk forms, and he goes, I hope you're ready to wash away the sin. It has been a long time since I've had need of the services of a temple. <clears throat> Hopefully, there will still be someone to clean it when, when it is done. So you're you're deadheading for the temple, for the temple steps. Yeah, deadheading right to the temple, man. Uh, Suraki is at your heels. Uh, this the trail evidently does come this way. Uh, describe your personal thoughts towards the temple on account of having grown up in Kamitokai. As you He's... crest the last ridge and see the temple looming over you. He remembers going there with his parents at a young age during festivals and, you know, religious times. He was never a, a really religious person. Um, he believed in Kami and supported everything Kami was about, but didn't really see himself too religious. So he, when he decided to become more of an academic than what his father wanted him to do, which was to become like a guard in the city. Um, he, you know, left to go to Argoth to achieve enlightenment or to, you know, to 
further his education and you know things happen and he joins the order and he remembered going and thinking back to the days of when he would visit the temple but yeah he he sees it now as it's a symbol for his past but seeing the order of the cross the only thing he is seeing is red and he knows that if they get a foothold here then it's game over for everyone that they will kill everyone so yeah manji or not manji masa his main thought process is i need to go in there i need to kill these guys and i need to save the world because these are the cancer in the world and they need to be taken care of so before you enter the temple i would like you to make one last history check i'm gonna go ahead and say it's with disadvantage nah, no i'm gonna say the advantage and disadvantage on this one would cancel each other out all right so flat roll i got yeah. a 19 plus 4 so 23 a 23 um with the with a roll like that you instantly clock that the ship most closely anchored to the temple is Masa's personal warship the Sunbreaker the sails are furled uh, and the anchor is buried directly in the rock uh, it is a good 200 feet out from the wall of the temple uh and the banner that marks it as the flagship of this particular fleet of the Order of the Royal Cross is fluttering in the wind, which is coming down fiercely. Uh, you are 100% in the right place. And as you enter the temple, it is empty. There is no one on the steps. There is no one in the sept. The floors are of the traditional Edore style, where they are lacquered wood laid over with straw mats. The mats have been displaced. Uh, many pieces of art have been torn down. The altar, where offerings are performed and uh, talismans left, has been shattered by a colossal blow. The walls of the temple are intact but the inside looks like this place has been rolled and the air is that of in a familiar place rendered unfamiliar what are you looking for in this room any any particular site is is or any particular thing drawing Masa's eye in this moment? He's so the first thing he goes to is he remembers the place that he used to go to as a child to pray, and it was not too far to the statue of of Kami. So he's quickly going to go there and check to see if the statue is still in one piece. First and foremost. The statue is in one piece. However, it has been tipped over. And there appears to be a staircase leading down. But as you approach it, 
there is a barrier that prevents you from entering. It, it, it steps, or you, you step towards the staircase, and your foot hits something that feels like solid rock. Um, can I roll Arcana to see if it's of uh, magical? You certainly can. Use? And and also to see if I would know if dispel magic would work. Um, that is a ten. At an Arcana ten. One second, while I pull up the spell. Okay. Um, this is a barrier spell. There is someone that has been physically cast on who is standing guard. Mm. Um, okay. I'm going to go ahead and have Surak roll a perception check. They would not have advantage on this particular roll. Uh, perception 14 okay Surak is on edge in a way that you are kind of used to seeing from them uh, they are not quite circling you but they are keeping they are keeping your angles uh, they are keeping your angles covered at the moment go ahead and roll me your own perception check as well alright so perception Oh god, it's a that one! Oh god! You are currently overcome with rage, and these things are not, like, these details are not apparent to you. Um, you are stamping on the barrier. Where and are they? You are stamping on the barrier, and nothing is happening. Open up! I want to go down! God damn! Alright. Let me look up something real quick. DM now loading. Yep. <laughs> now loading. Loading screen tip. Remember that cover provides plus two to AC. <laughs> you can recover spell slots on a short or long rest, depending on what your class feature is. Suddenly, everything goes completely dark. Not in the... Um, not, have, not in the you are uh, unconscious sense, but in the... Suddenly, everything is pitch black since. Okay, I'm just going to check to see if... Okay, um, I don't know if I have Eldritch Sight on me. Uh, I don't have... No, I don't think I have Watch Sight on me. No, I don't have so, Watch Sight. Okay. So yeah, everything goes black, uh, okay? I hear something moving in the dark with you. It is within a couple of feet of you. Um. Uh. Hello. <laughs> Walked right into it, didn't you? 
this is an unfamiliar voice to you. I I don't like playing games, so I would prefer if you actually manned up and show your face and fight me like a man. Just saying. A duel it is, then. The darkness vanishes from you, and you realize that you are standing ten feet away from a someone who looks like they could be a regular Order soldier, and they, but they appear to not be wearing the standard armor. It's not golden, golden steel. It is uh, heavy layered rings backed onto dark leather. Uh, in their hands is a scythe, and their eyes are piercing unnatural blue. I'm going to go ahead and have you roll initiative. something for Sorak. You're up first in the initiative order. What are you doing? Um, so as Mon, uh, Masa has his uh, two blades out, he raises the um, uh, Manju uh, Hashagi, and as an action, he flicks it, and as he flicks it, the blade bursts into flames. And uh, he flick, starts moving it around, and he goes, I hope you like fire, friend. And with that, yep. because I activated the ability uh, of my cursed weapon, which takes points. an action. Um, and then seeing. we'll see if that carries over. To... Yep. Um, do you have any spells that can be cast as a bonus action? Got two. Um, I do. I'm also gonna okay. add, uh, uh so gonna cast hex on him as well. So what happens is when he swings the blade and he's saying, I hope you like fire, the, the flames start, um, forming uh, sigil in the air and it just fades. And as it does, the, um, the being in any exposed skin starts gaining like a small black um, burning mark going up his skin and it slowly starts turning black and purple and black and purple again okay. uh, as the hex is slowly so, uh, taking form. Ends, deal an extra 1d6 necrotic damage to the target <laughs> an attack. Okay. Okay. So their uh, their forearms pulse black and purple, their veins stick out, and you see them hunch. You realize they are uh, tall, like very tall, and very bulky, um, which is not unusual for soldiers of, of, of this order. Oh, I see. You're a practitioner of the clever craft. 
Let's see how long that sticks. And it is currently Sodok's turn in order. <laughs> the first attack from Sodok comes out. Actually, yeah, they do have two attacks because they're uh, they are that class. Uh, the first attack comes flying out and goes wide. The second also goes wide. The soldier ducks out of the way with a fluid grace you didn't really realize was uh, possible in a lot of ways. Uh, but as a bonus action, I believe it's a bonus action. I want to make double sure. Okay. Sweet. Bonus action, bonus action, bonus action. Okay. Cool. Um, they stare it down, and in the same sort of way that your pulsing magic clicks on, you see a sigil in the air traced that vanishes in front of them, and uh, Surak stares them down with a way that you know means they've got this person clocked and they will not give up the hunt in the same way that you won't. We can take him. And it is currently this creature's order. So, uh, how you? I believe you're within melee range of this, are you not? Okay. Um, yes, I probably a 16 would hit. Be, yes. Sixteen okay. um, so meets hit. AC of Major Armory. Yes. Seven points of slashing damage, as you see the sharpened talons of his gauntlet come flying out. He's not attacking with the scythe. Um, the clawed talons of the gauntlet come sweeping through and. Uh, just narrowly dig underneath the formed shadows of your armor. Oh. Alright, and luckily the okay. two temp points uh, covered over, so... Next is a uh, 26. <laughs> as they do indeed as they do indeed yeah, heft the scythe in both hands, bringing their hand around, and bring it overhead and down towards you for a total of 11 points of slashing damage. As the scythe whoosh, whoosh, comes cleaving down and catches you, like, you catch it on one of your blades, but then the force of it directs you and it cleaves through part of your shoulder. Um, the armor, the mage armor seeps in and clots the wound, but you are, <sighs> it still hurts. Uh, and you are back on top of the order. Alright, so I'm asking this. So the home rule for our world is that um, dual wielding, you basically move okay. your offhand into a main action. So I get technically three attacks right now. Um, 
So, could I put Branding Smite on my offhand? It says, the next time you hit a creature with a weapon attack before the spell ends. Um, it doesn't say anything about um, on a main hand. Uh... Yeah, it's next time I hit it. Uh, the weapon gleams with um, astral radiance that's going to strike. It deals an extra 2d6 radiance. Yeah, it doesn't damage. say anything about um, being on your main hand if you make your first attack with your offhand. So yeah, that's perfectly valid. Okay. So yeah, I'm gonna... Um, so as he stands there and he laughs, his blood drips down onto the uh, his offhand, the short sword. And as it does, the short sword kind of uh, glows with like the purple um, eldritch color. Um, the purple is like the curse. And he smirks as he brings up both blades in a slashing movement, bringing his offhand up first, and then the flaming sword with his uh, main hand. So I'm going to roll to hit. All right, so offhand first. 18 hits. Uh, 18. Okay. Um, so that is... A D6 plus four. So this is five points of normal damage. Now I'm going to add in the branding smite. 2D6. Right. That is correct. Uh, 2D6 radiant. Branding smite, I believe it was 2D6. Oh, because you, yeah, you're upcasting. Oh. Uh, uh, 4D6. Warlocks actually. only have one kind of slot. That's what it says here on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so 46. <laughs> All right, so 46 on top of that. Uh, so he, <laughs> he takes 19 points of radiant damage. Um, four. Okay. And that's with your that that's with your first attack of three. All right, and now here comes the main hand. Um, so this is the Which main you hand. you do not get the fire damage because you are temporary uh, HP burned. My app is loading. Uh, but so... it also means you won't be taking damage next round. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is just... Yeah, plain Jane uh, slashes. Uh, so okay. this hits. one would be 21. For the first hit. Okay. Oh, you also forgot so to add your I'm gonna, for uh, So it's one-handed, so it's a D8 plus because five. Hexed. Yes, I'll add... I guess I'll throw that in first. Okay, so six points for the hex damage. Okay, so the D8... So seven points of slashing. Um, hex damage again. Uh, so uh, he gets one extra point, so nine on the first uh, round of hits. And then here comes the second uh, main hand slash. Eleven. Eleven is not uh, it was, uh, So uh, you are a flurry of blows right now. Uh, you are just throwing sword haymakers left and right, just trying to get through this dude. Um, the first two hits score deep. The astral, uh, the radiance of your of your first uh, attack 
uh, blinds him for a moment, and he stumbles back in time to be caught by the second. The third, he raises the haft of his uh, scythe and directs it away from you. Interesting and unexpected. We're going to have a good time here. Um. <laughs> I would have said the same thing, but you're just wasting uh, my Surak time up. now. So leave this die. bonus action on there next. I just had the damn thing up. Okay. So as a bonus action, you watch as Surak draws the beast cutter across their forearm, uh, drawing blood, and at which point the blade begins to, like, the blood begins to catch fire. Uh, and they come flying in for an attack. Which at a 20... <laughs> I would say Demon Nod Slayer reference, but I think... Yeah, I see Demon, Demon Slayer. Slayer reference right uh, now, but I think it would go over your head right now. 24, that definitely <laughs> comes flying through. D6 slashing. Oh, forgot to subtract. 4 and 1d6. Okay, so 7 slashing and 3 fire. So 10 points of damage in a single go. Uh, Surak's first strike comes flying out the gate and cleaves into this cleaves cleaves into this soldier and the second skids off of his armor as they come flying through with a second strike from from the other beast cutter at which point it is now this creature's turn you watch as the armor the buckles on their armor begin to snap and the leather belts uh, holding pieces in place snap off, uh, and they hulk the fuck out. Their muscles distend. You hear bones snap into place. Two curved ivory horns burst through the skin on their foreheads. Their eyes go stark white. Their teeth grow long, black, and jagged. Their gauntlets come off as they... Their scythe hovers when they drop it. The gauntlets come off and three-inch claws crawl out of each fingernail. The armor is still attached to them, but you see this realization that this was built to accommodate their shifting. Um, their skin turns pale, deathly blue, and they are standing a good ten and a half feet tall. You're looking at an oni. Uh... 10 points of damage are reversed as you watch some of their, uh, some of the wounds you've inflicted begin to close and the black acre seep back into the wounds. Uh, they take hold of the scythe again and you watch as it extends to match their stature. Oh, just when it was getting good. And they, that is an action, they burn an action surge to make multi-attack. One on you, Masa. Does a 22 hit. Yes. It hits above my Lucky 16. you, six points of slashing damage yes. total on a 2d10 weapon. 
it rolled double ones. <laughs> oh, jeez. And has a plus Holy four strength six. modifier, so oh, oh, okay. six points of slashing damage. I will gladly, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> As the <laughs> I will blade sweeps in a tight arc for the first attack. The second, they follow through and... I don't believe... Nope. A, a 15 does not hit Surak. They bring their beast cutters up and catch the edge of the blade as it's coming towards them in that sort of, like, last wish moment of, uh, the, of the scythe dragging them along the floor a couple of feet. Uh, as it twirls its scythe and catches it offhand. We're just getting started. It is currently your turn, Masa. Masa's like, uh, of course he transforms. He points the uh, he points uh, uh, Manji uh, Hasaga, Hash, uh, Hashaga, um, at uh, Manjashake. Sorry, I'm learning the name as we go, guys. Um, he points the blade at the, um, the the beast and he goes, mm, "This, this. I was saving this for someone because I thought he would be here, but I have a feeling that mm, I need this more now." He goes and he points the blade and the blade starts to glow purple and he goes, "By the power of this blade, I hex you." And he's going to use uh, Hexblade's curse on this beast as his bonus action. And the moment he does that, he just goes into a full jump, swinging his blades down for those three slashes. So the first swing is yep. a night. It is critical. And with a hex blades it curse is indeed a critical. Acted, that counts as a fucking crit. Alright, so but uh for the full number, um, for everyone at home to know, it's twenty seven. Um you roll all your damage crit. dice. So how for do you roll particular crits? weapon and then you double that amount and then you add your uh, you add your modifier after the end of that, that number. Okay. Uh, so, I was going to say right, the, so D8, the D8, the D8 itself. Five sorry, the D8 itself would just be doubled, gets, and then you would add the modifier. Um, oh, uh, uh, one D8, you double the die, you okay. double the amount that okay, you get so on, two D8 on the die. Then? Okay. Okay, so. Yep. Okay, so that would have been a uh, five then. So ten plus, so fifteen. Uh, in total, plus three would be eighteen um, total. Then a D or two D six because of I believe branding's smite is still in effect. Uh, uh, branding smite. Branding smite yep. would have broken your constitution hex, by the way. Uh, so branding smite. Minor error. I, I just realized they're both concentration. You don't have. Oh, hex that's right. Or, yeah. Okay. You don't so, have. You don't have hex. Right, so I we'll don't have. Uh, we'll say you're concentrating on branding smite. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. Yeah. Okay. Actually, wait. Branding. No. Branding smite. Branding okay. smite procs. Uh, 
it burns okay, yeah, if you so, use it. Um, Granting um, it's the next time you hit. It's not. So yeah, your your concentration is free right now, but you also oh, I, yeah, believe, I don't believe you have a spell slot. Ah, uh, okay. Right okay, now. Yeah. Okay. No, I used up my spell slots. Um, so that's okay, still quite so, a lot on, um, on a single just strike. Just the fifteen points of damage on the uh, so thirty points of damage. Yeah, so fifteen points of damage. Um, then he's gonna swing again. 18 still hits. <laughs> I got an 18 this time. So, uh, 20s, uh, yeah. Okay, so, da, 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 da. plus five, 11 right, points right, of so damage. Uh, so 14 points of damage. And then the offhand. Okay, yeah. uh, the 14 and is offhand not. is a 14. Uh, so once again, you come flying through with two absolutely out of the fucking sky strikes. Uh, and the third, he catches it, shifts it off, um, and he gives a low, dark chuckle. Uh, he's going to go ahead and burn a legendary action. And... Four, two, three... Eleven, he's going to regenerate eleven of that HP because he's using the... Um, He's using the Hate Machine Regenerate action, which allows him to regenerate some of his HP. But, I mean, you still came out through quite a bit of a swing. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I did. He watches some he, good he damage seeds up, through his teeth, yeah, okay. spits blood, and then some right. of the wounds begin to patch themselves uh, back. Yeah, so that's everything I can do. Uh, Surak. bears down in a similar way and you watch as their muscles distend their armor shifts to accommodate um, and you watch as their snout elongates it's like watching an American werewolf in London on fast forward their whole body shifts, grows and twists to the equivalent of a shaved werewolf you see long spider webbing scars that are up their arms uh, the beast cutters are still in their elongated hands uh, and they stand as a lichen hybrid, face-to-face -face with the Oni, with you between the two of them. Uh, and they barrel down, running on all fours, and come in for a strike. Which, at a... Two does not hit. The Oni steps out of the way. And at a three, the back, up, the back attack has the Oni shift their weight again. Uh... And it is currently your turn, Masa. Actually, no, it is currently this creature's turn. My bad. At the top of its turn, it regains its legendary actions. All um, right, so... It's going to go ahead and... Yep. do something gnarly. Um, more or less have an AI table on this thing of, like, how bad is it going to get... How many spell slots have you got left? You burned them, didn't you? Go ahead and make me a constitution saving throw. Uh, I have... Yeah, I burned both of them. This is why I should have played 
constitution saving throw. Ooh. Uh, that is a... 22, okay. Slidoc's constitution saving throw. Definitely beats it without me having to check the number. <laughs> but for a total of... Also 22. You two got very lucky. Yeah. Nineteen points of cold damage. <laughs> uh, as the Oni inhales to the point where its barrel chest strains the armor, Ooh. you see frost forming on its blackened gums, and it exhales a massive conic burst of ice. <laughs> what are you sitting at? I'm not feeling so good, Mr. Stark. Eighteen HP. This I, this dude's been chunking me up, my guy. I only have like fifty nine HP right now. Uh, what are you pushing at? Tough feet. <laughs> well, okay. Um, that, eighteen. <laughs> That's some news. Like one um, good hit, and I'm down. That was its action. It regains ten HP because of regenerate. At which point, uh, you see a shape darken the stairs coming from beneath, and you watch as the almost murky water-like barrier that you had been standing in front of, or that you had tried to bash down with the heel of your boot, uh, shifts upward, and you see the form of Mana. They look almost a little like Surak. So, uh, I just, uh, just so, uh, quick, uh, quick note, um, before we, uh, continue, I forgot that I had the slasher feet, and when I rolled that crit, the attack would have been at disadvantage. Um, which so attack would have been at disadvantage? good thing to remember next time. I got the slasher feet. Alright, as you were. Okay. It would have been okay. um, any Good attack that for, he made run, the next turn. I was going to point out uh, that after I rolled that night. cold is a saving throw, not an attack roll. I... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just okay. Just saying that if he was to do melee attack, I have the slasher next time. Uh, Mana rises from the staircase. Right. They, That's too, right. like Sodok, have pale skin and... However, they have dark hair and pitch black eyes. And you watch as their long lean, as his long lean form steps up, carrying what looks like some kind of orb, um, which he is twisting and turning back and forth. And you can faintly hear clicking and clockwork noises. Oh, if it isn't the Order's golden boy. Surprised to see you here. Sango, cut him some slack. And the Oni not quite stands down, but puts himself in a position where he, he's not immediately threatening. The barrier around Mana is 
Uh, it doesn't encompass Senko. It is, it is pretty much just strictly near him. And he struts around the back end. Make sure where he winds up in the initiative order. Uh, he struts around holding the orb. We got what we came here for, Sengo. I think we should burn this place to the ground. What about you? As long as I stand, this place we'll see how long is under yeah, right. my protection. Okay, you Mana's have initiative, or Mana is not everything in the initiative order. Or from the initiative me. You took <sighs> everything. I've only done what was necessary to make you stronger. <sighs> but you just had to go and run off, didn't you? Couldn't have stuck around to see what I was up to. Had to go hide from your problems. Tell me, did you ever bury that wife of yours? Or did you just leave her in the house? Did you ever come back? Or were you too busy? And, um, so... So, as he's saying this... I am going to kill you. It may not be now, but next time I find you with my dying breath, my blade will pierce your black hole you call a heart, <sighs> you son of a Sengo, bitch. I don't think he's worth your time. Why don't you head off to the ship? I'll deal with the rabble. And Sengo lifts himself up, floating, and begins to leave. Like, he begins to float towards the gate that the two of you just came through. Uh, it is currently your turn. And... Uh, Sengo stands close by. Um, how far? Um, Sengo is is within the next fifteen feet of you. Like he, okay. Mana, um, Mana's so how twenty far feet away. Is oh, go ahead. So he's he's well within melee reach. Okay. <laughs> so, Manji or not Manji Masa. He's he's hyper focused on Mana now. The other guy doesn't exist to him anymore. So the first thing he does is grab the blade and he yells at the top of his lungs <laughs> severing slash and he's gonna fire off three massive or sorry two massive beams of energy shaped like his blade off towards mana aka the Excellent. warlock's Absolutely. red Stellar, butter go ahead and roll me your with an eldritch blast <laughs> 
right. This is great because it has a better than my or my uh, melee weapons. All right, so the first one, 16 plus a seven. That is a 23. Uh, I believe that's a, yeah, uh, that hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Yep. Yeah. All right, so the first one is a D10 plus four. Uh, he's taking eight points of damage for the first one. All right, that also hits. And then the second bolt is a 17. All right, and then uh, another eight points of damage. And then you said he was in 20 feet. So he... Um, so I used the spell. Um, Can I still No, because do uh, my, Eldritch Blast is an action, and the attack action is a as another attack? separate thing. So you would only be able to attack with all three weapons or use uh, an action spell. Okay. And uh, Eldritch Blast is, a, is an action. Yeah, let's just check it. So you, you come flying out. Okay. All right, so yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a D10 plus four for the second as well. All right. So, yeah, with that okay. being said, I can do... I didn't catch your damage total for the for, for the second blast. Yeah, that's all I can do. Yeah. Oh, uh, eight. It was another eight. Okay. You watch as the sort of so murky been, water uh, solidifies. Like, murky water sort of look solidifies and spider webbing cracks form. Uh, the barrier's looking pretty cracked, but it's not broken. Well, that's interesting. Um, he's going to go ahead and cast something. Pull up a spell list. Really, D20 and fun. Okay. On a 13, he briefly vanishes into the ethereal plane. Um, like, he, he disappears in a flash of light, and his barrier goes with him. Uh, Surak runs up to you, and pretty much hand, like just sticks a potion in your hand I hit him and he as an action you can administer it to another person let me check how much this does because I wrote it this I wrote this down in 44 plus 4 okay Fourteen, eighteen. you regain 18 hit points uh, Surak, even in their wolven form, steps up to you and just more or less baby birds this thing into your throat. Like, opens the opens the bottle and just pours it right into your mouth. <laughs> in a way that they've done before. Uh, Sengo continues to float off towards the gate. Okay, 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 I get it. And it is back to your... T- you are uh, top of the round. Yeah. 
and let me check how, how this pops off. And about 10 right, further so feet away than where they started, Mana reappears. Barrier still cracked and spiderwebbed. Hello, editing bird from the future here. Uh, what happened was I got dropped from the Discord call due to a problem with my internet connection. Uh, so I'd like to take this time to go ahead and thank our listeners for continuing to stick around. I'd also like to thank Good uh, Good Kid for loaning us the use of their music so generously. The opening title theme for this episode is Nomu. We hope to use more um, of their music in the future, and they've graciously granted us permission to do so. So go check them out. Good Kid on Twitter, Bandcamp, whatever platform. Thank you. Turn happens. Sorry, I lost it there for a second. He appears in a flash of light, standing on top of the broken altar about 20 feet away. Uh, he is repositioned without provoking an opportunity attack. Come on. You're going to chase me still? So, um... So... You are why I'm here. I don't care about the other guy. So I think I'll stay up here. I like it quite you a come lot. Down it's a here nice standing up on the desecrated you resting coward. place of some of your friends. I almost did like <laughs> funerals. Uh, and he goes for another severing slash. And as he's, right. yeah, as he's talking, he's just going to fling another two slashes at him with the severing slash. All right, so first one. The 10 does not hit. A... Do, 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 do. Blast ricochets off of, off of the barrier. And the last one is... 18 does hit. Uh, that definitely hits. Uh, the last one's an 18. So, uh, 18 plus 7. Okay, so... D10. The barrier shatters. Ooh! 14 points of damage. Rolled max dice. Uh, there is a, a loud crash of... Almost like someone dropping a plate. Of just... <laughs> and the tiny shards of magic that made up this barrier disintegrate. Uh, you still have a bonus action, you still have your movement. Alright, um, bonus action. Okay. I can't really do anything. I think he's just going to close the gap. Uh, he's going to go up so you're, about you're closing the 10 20 feet. foot distance so he's and then climbing on top of A little of bit the, of a gap between the altar. Okay. I'll end it so there. Yeah, you're, you're standing on either end of the shattered altar. Yeah. I I'd like to see you try. Go to kill you. You are staring into this. two pools of empty blackness where their eyes are. And they look just overjoyed to see you. So, Mana's turn is up. Mm -hmm. 
check spells. They've got a fifth. Go ahead and roll me a wisdom saving throw. Plus four to this. Nineteen. So, you watch as he raises a hand a and shadowy puppet strings shoot out from his fingertips and attach themselves to your wrists and ankles, but you break them off and you shatter the, sh the sort of dark presence in your mind that you realize was Sodok attempting to, or not Sodok, uh, Mana attempting to take control of you. <sighs> well... Stronger will than I thought. Still just as iron-headed. Still just as <laughs> You're gonna have to try it better. You're calling me cowardly. I'm the one who's standing away from you. You're the one who ran. Like usual. I, you know... A coward only All right, so sees with what they turn are. The initiative. And other people. Okay. Transformation. Uh, Sudok bounds on all fours towards uh, towards Mana and rolls a 20, 26 to tackle Mana off of the altar <laughs> he basically gets hit by 200 Man, that... he gets hit by he gets hit by 200 pounds of speeding wolf that just <laughs> takes him off damn puppy, damn. Uh, pins him to the ground that's one attack and goes for a claw attack which damn, had puppy, a damn. 14 does hit mana does not have a high armor class and seven, eight, and then 16 points of uh, slashing and fire damage dealt in the same go when Surak claws right into Mana's like face, just digs these deep gashes um, through Mana's cheek. Uh, Mana uses a legendary action, and you hear the chains for the Sunbreaker, pop loose with a in the distance and a as the chain is reeled in. Uh, go ahead and roll me a perception check to see what to see what you're seeing through the window. Uh, at a 12, too much is going on for you to really right, see what's I have happening. A... Uh, you're not really looking 12. out the window. You just watched Sodrak pounce and claw the shit out of Mana. <laughs> uh, it is currently your go. Good puppy. Alright, so um, he's just going to see that Mana's pinned down. And he's gonna take the time. Okay. We'll have advantage properly, on these rolls on account of the fact another that, uh, two severing slashes. Uh, Mana is Mana's currently considered immobilized. Since he's being pinned down. Or restrained. Sorry, the condition is restrained. Uh, 
Alright, so... 19 for the first one. 19 does hit. I believe 19 hits, correct? Okay, so... That is six points of damage for the first one. That also hits. 15 plus 7, 22. So 22 for the second bolt. Ten points in total. All right. All right. He's looking rough. He's looking uh, rough. Uh, right ten now. points in total. Um, yeah, ten points total. Roll to six. And Masa's going to look down to him when he goes, Hey, bud, uh, looking a little rough there. Um, need a hand? Raises two fingers, snaps, and suddenly the body that, uh, that Sodok is pinning down turns into silvery mist and reappears 30 feet away. Uh, and Mana simply raises his arms like he's showing, like he's showboating. Come on, you really think I'd be that easy to pin down? Mana has appeared 30 feet away in a flash of silvery mist. Um, and cannot currently use a legendary action. However, what they do have is an attack directed at you. Does a 19, uh, 19 hits, doesn't it? Uh, 18 points of necrotic damage as a, yeah, 18 points of necrotic damage uh, as a yes, bolt 19 of dark does energy connect. comes flying out of their fingertips and catches yeah, you square in the chest and sends you stumbling a step back. Oh, shit. Oh. That's just a parlor trick. It is now Sorox <sighs> running the initiative, who is very much still in wolven form. And <sighs> is that all he got? Comes barreling on all fours, claws flaming, it scores a critical. <laughs> and on a six, on a d6, 12, 12, 15. Yes! Take him down! 17 points of damage in total from a single flaming cloth strike. While the second attack is an 8 and does not hit. Uh, that'd be a 13 total. No. Uh, does not hit. The second claw swipes underneath and goes Brown. digs through the pa through the uh, pavers of the floor and digs gouges. Oh, uh, Mana is looking like he's on his last legs. Uh, he's going to... Where are you currently standing? Um, I believe I'm still on we're, we're top of the altar. You're still on the altar? Okay. 
Yeah, I'm still technically going to spend on the a legendary game. action to do something. And you you hear a distant kind of noise, and you look to the window for just a brief second. And you realize the Sunbreaker has lined up a broadside on the building, and you hear the telltale staticky hiss of Force Ballistae dropping shots off in a massive volley. The entire wall of the temple fucking disintegrates. Um, and you take... Leave. Lucky you. Nine points of force damage. As the... You oh are God, caught in the volley. Okay. You are not. Uh, you are, you are knocked loose no. by the. Or you are knocked. Um, you take nine points of force damage from the volley. Um, it is currently your turn. All right. So, Masa's hit and he staggers, uh, but he goes, "This will hopefully end you." And the last like little bit of power he has swings another two severing slashes towards him. Uh, the range is luckily 120 feet. So, uh, for the first one, it is a 14 plus 7, so a 21. Uh, nine points of damage for the first one. And... 21 definitely hits. Go ahead and roll me your damage. All right. Oh, come on. Bro. Nine points. Okay. He is hanging on by a oh fucking God, thread. 19. Give me your other severing slash. Seven. Twenty-six. Yeah, nineteen. All right. All right. All right. Ooh, nine points for twenty. Uh, for thirteen go ahead and, points. Go ahead and give me your uh, damage roll. How do you want? How do you, how does this go down? So the blast staggers him forward, and he just throws another two slashes. So the first hit uh, clips him across the waist, and what it does is it just cuts him clean in half. And as Mana stares his last moments, a look of evil and happiness fills Masa's face and the last vision he sees is the shadow armor exploding into a demonic uh, presence as um, Masa goes it's like full like shogun armor style with a demonic looking face and the blade um, the, the forceful slash of the last severing slash cuts him clean in half so he's cut into fours and basically across. He cuts him like across and Masa just stands there and watches the body fall. 
and the um, the armor still stays as both blades are in hand, and he's panting as he's bleeding a lot. So, the final burst of Severing Slash, as half of Mana's body starts sliding away from the rest, he raises the orb that he got from beneath the temple. And when the blast catches Mana, it splits the orb in two. And you watch as the... One second. I'll edit that, that out in post. Um, you watch as the orb lets loose white strands that almost spiderweb out and direct back to you. And for a brief moment, you see the last sight of the temple before you are pulled into a white void. And in the void, things are going to get weird. And that's where we're going to end tonight's session. Um, thank everybody for thank thank you everybody for listening. I've been Bird. Uh, this has been the first episode of Thirteen Yoga Gaiden. We hope to make this an occasional side series that'll come up from time to time when we're missing players or uh, want to shift priorities. Um, this has been the Roll for Weeb podcast. I'm Bird, and I'm Mitch. Good night, everybody. Uh, bye, everyone.